0: Great. Let's see if I can find my. There we go. All right. I have no fill in the blank, so that's good. Last week uh, was a week of misery, uh, just to set the stage for really dark places wherein we find ourselves. And as I intended to go two weeks as I was prepping for this week, I went, I have too much for just two weeks. And so we will go three weeks Uh, and I will not be here next week. So there's going to be a little bit of a break. And the weekend, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we will conclude this. If you are not going to be here, we record Sunday school. So it'll be online there if you're not going to be here. And really, uh, the last week is going to be the nuts and bolts practicality of, you know, how do I move forward ultimately when I'm here? Today, we're going to look at where do I turn uh, when I am here? But just to kind of briefly recap from last week, why are we here? Why do we find ourselves in dark places? What is the big answer? Sin. Sin. What's not broken? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Your Sunday school answer. But everything else is a mess. The entire cosmos is broken because of man's sin. There is no place where man can go where that brokenness can be escaped from. Uh, the world generally is broken politics. Politics is broken. You know, if, <laughs> if you look at the, this presidential race, I mean, we got another year. Oh. If you look at this presidential race and you think that our solution is in that chocolate mess, man, sadly, sadly mistaken. So politics is broken. Nations are broken. Our culture is broken. Churches? Broken. 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 Churches are broken. Um, Look at our church here. And can, can, we, can we say, well, we're not broken. Anybody can say that. <laughs> well, we can say that, yeah. but can, can we say it justly? Can we say it rightly that we're not broken? No. <clears throat> to a degree, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I agree with both of you. I mean, as long as we look around and we go, yeah, we're still here. We are going to battle against brokenness. We are going to battle against brokenness in our doctrine, in our teaching, in our theology, and that is why reformation is so important. So important. You know, Dave Vernon McGee and back to the Bible. Okay. Yes, back to the Bible. Um, we have got to go back to the Bible. Uh, when we are struggling, when we have a difference or a conflict, where must we go? We must go back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? It's not what Jeremy says. It's not what Eb says. It's not what Keith says. It's not. It is what does God's Word say within the context of all of Scripture. Huge. So yes, churches are broken, but that doesn't mean we chuck them in the trash can. We know that families are broken. And I am going to suspect every one of you looked into a mirror this morning. The person you saw in the mirror is broken. We know this. Um, So we truck on in the world, and we go, man, it's a beautiful day, and life's going good, but what things are going to derail us are going to swerve us into times of darkness we looked at uh, some things last week I erased them they were in red um, sickness your sickness the sickness of a family member uh, they're the sickness of others friends that you know Job dealt with sickness paul dealt with sickness physical sickness we read in the gospels of the woman who had an issue of blood for decades chucked all her money away do you think she was in a dark place i bet i mean she was unclean she was perennially unclean would assume, based on that, that she wasn't married also. You know, and so, does she have a family looking after? Does she, you know, darkness, sickness. There's going to be roadblocks in your life that will put you in darkness. Financial roadblocks. Getting fired. Losing a job. Maybe just laid off. Maybe... I need all four tires replaced. Oh, by the way, we do in the van. You know, there's a a fiscal kick in the wallet. Um, Relational roadblocks. Conflicts with your parents. For those whose parents are still around. Conflicts with your kidlets. The other direction for those who have kidlets. Um, friends, church members, what causes these conflicts? Sin, yeah. You know, sometimes it's big things, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's little bitty piddly things that ultimately fester and explode into something terrible and tragic. Death can take us into darkness death of a friend, uh, death expected, death unexpected, suicides. Who in here knows somebody who is close to you or relatively close to you who has taken their life? Attempts. I'm sorry? Attempts. Attempts. No completely lost. I, I mean,
1: yeah.
0: devastation. All around that I mean it 's like a bomb there aren 't any bombs that just take out one thing. Bombs cause devastation all around where they explode, and so too does a suicide. Um, we see those who have grieved over death in scripture. Job is another again Job is everything it 's either Jesus or job and Mary and Martha. Say grieved and what? Well. Um, sin. Sin itself can take us into times of darkness. Whose? What? Anyone's Anyone's. Okay. <laughs> Yours, your own sin. Can put you into a time of darkness. David is a great example of that. David who suppressed it but couldn't suppress it and his body warred against him in Psalm 32 from his sin with Bathsheba for a whole year. Your sin will put you in a dark place. Sin against you can put you in a dark place. It may not be sin against you. It could be just a loved one that you know who is in sin which is a great example of the fact that sin is never in isolation. It's not just your sin. Your sin affects those around you. It will. It does. Okay, you've repented. Well, it's all better now, right? After the sin? God doesn't take those away? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Again, you go back to David. You know, when when David stuck his finger in, when Nathan stuck his finger in David's chest and said, you are the man, David broke. Truly, deeply repented. Psalm 51, Psalm 32, both deeply repented. And he had consequences until he died from that. Devastation in the kingdom, devastation in his family because of that. And so those consequences will follow you. So even though you've repented, even though God has forgiven you, can that sin drive you back into darkness again? Again absolutely absolutely should it well we'll talk about that later guilt guilt from that you know there's 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 a consequence there's there we t- we jeremy's talked about it i've talked about it there's good guilt there's bad guilt second corinthians chapter seven second corinthians chapter seven deals with good guilt bad guilt and we'll talk about that more later and so These are the things that move us into darkness. Right at the very end last week, we talked about how do I know that God expects me to be in darkness?
1: Yeah.
0: He says so. He says so. And all of his encouragements and exhortations to us expect us imply that we will be in those places and we see the examples of godly 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 people who are in these dark places throughout scripture and so we have the encouragement of scripture that we will be there uh, lieutenant tower was my psych instructor at the air force academy and He said, the, the saying should not be misery loves company. He said, misery loves miserable company. Misery loves company that is also miserable, that has been there, who knows that, who can empathize with you. And so we have that empathy of scripture, of those who have been there. And so God knows we will be there. There's an entire book in the Bible really for us when we are there, and it's the Psalms, and all of Scripture within context, really. So that was last week, that was the introduction, so let's, let's start out kind of this week is, is in, in the new material, and talk about, so I'm here, where might I wrongly turn? What are what are some false solutions? I wrote some things down right there, things material, things immaterial, but we'll, we'll consolidate those. But let's just kind of riff here for a little bit. Where might I turn? That would probably not be a great place to turn. Substance
1: abuse. Okay, substance, substance abuse. Self-medication. And, you know, okay, just your substance. What did you say that? Well, same thing, self-medication. That's the process. Okay. Substance abuse, So, because of their... Okay. Turn inward.
0: What would that look like, Jeremy? If I if I were to give people either no opportunity to talk to you or when they talk to you, just go, yeah, everything's fine. You just shut you lock the door. You're there, but you're
1: not there. Where else might you turn? Just, just escape. The amount of people, I mean, the the amount of social media and and availability of cinema and that sort of thing. That's just you can get home in the evenings and not think about anything real for hours on end. Okay. Your own circumstances or feelings or whatever. So social media is a new thing. Entertainment is
0: not. Being able to binge on it, but you could turn the television on. Been able to do that for years and years. and, yeah. and Now it goes all the way through the night now. You don't get the test pattern at midnight. And the, and the Star Spangled Banner at 6 in the morning when it comes back on. Yeah. Was that a thing? Yeah, it was a thing. Back in the day. Just making you all feel young. Younger chipper. So entertainment, yeah, all kinds of ways. Music, get lost in your music. Might be playing it, might be, what else? What other things?
1: Ungodly counsel or um, books. Like I I know women who really clung to a book and almost turn it into an idol.
0: So, almost the opposite. Yeah. Instead of turning inward, you're turning. Set.
1: And you can take that further.
0: So, a lot of these things are, are what I would call just material things. Things that are material. Uh, one that we, we didn't mention in here, it would be work. Dude, I, I don't want to go home. I'm going to just I'm gonna stay at work. I'm going to just stay at work. I get satisfaction in my work. There's like, com- things get completed in my work there. And there is... As there are strokes.
1: Yep. I worked with a guy. And, uh, I was at his second job, and he had lost, He just went through a divorce and lost his kids. And the guys were like, "All he does, he works another job full time, and all of his rest of his daylight hours are here. He goes home and sleeps. Like, can't, can't, can't stand to be alone by himself. okay It's nothing to do with the money. Yeah.
0: Another thing we didn't, I didn't, we didn't put up there would be athletics. I am just a perennial gym rat. Um, but all of these things are, are 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 a lot of them are are physical physical things things material things immaterial. <laughs> touched on by Stephanie. Um, I, I broke this down into it. two. One, we have the spirit menders. Okay, the spirit menders. Um where could I turn wrongly for spiritual help Well under
1: number five there's a lot of spiritual self help even christian spiritual self help okay'll you know, goes through the books and
0: yeah okay is,
1: these pastors are telling you.
2: Some of them might actually be helpful,
1: but a lot of them are not. Yeah, I mean, actually, almost all of those things, if they're help, or else people wouldn't do them. Okay. They just don't help long term.
0: Okay. Good. Good. So let's. I mean, there. There are. Let's. Let's think some obvious wrong ways to turn for spiritual assistance.
2: Palm reading, tarot card.
0: Thank you. Okay. To the occult. To the occultic. Would a Christian do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Horoscopes. Don't go there. Don't dabble in that. There is one who knows the future. And he does not want us messing in alternative ways for discerning the future. He makes that plain throughout Scripture. Okay, what are some other spiritual bad ways to go? That was the occult.
1: There's a a lot of inclusion of Eastern philosophy and practices going on under all kind of disguises. Yes. Creeping into all of culture, but Christian culture as well.
0: Yeah. Meditation. Scripture tells me to meditate. Hey, dude. I, gotta, I, gotta, I I meditate too. Why don't we get together and we'll, you know, we'll meditate together. Um,
2: On God's word, no
0: problem. <laughs> huge. I mean, we have got to be discerning there for Buddhist in influences, Hindu influences creeping in. Um, yoga is huge. Yoga is huge, and there are a lot of Christians who are involved in yoga. And you go, well, I don't, do the, I don't do the Eastern stuff with it. You
2: can call it something else. So it's not just, it's not an exercise program?
0: No, it's not. It was not intended to be. And somebody may go, well, I'm not doing, you know, uh, uh, Buddhistic Yoga. Well, you look at everything you're doing, and you're doing you know, Buddhistic yoga. I mean, the fact that it is, it is emptying yourself, and it is meditative. It, you know, if I'm just stretching, that's that's different. But again, my core. yes, that's great, great. <laughs> Great.
1: the do core strengthening.
0: Great. call it core strengthening. Great. So again, I have to be careful about that in which I dabble. Discerning. So spirit menders. You know, and I, I have to. I have to point to the church too. There are. Every church can go off the highway. We are not perfect men. If we persevere to the end, great. If we don't, you guys need to call us out. You need to be discerning there. So John Piper's stuff is really good. John MacArthur's stuff is really good. R.C. Sproul's stuff is really good. R.C. Sproul's race is finished, so this stuff is over. Uh, But we continue to be discerning for those even within the church. I mean, I can't read their stuff and check out and just go, oh, and, and just suck it all in blindly. I have to be discerning even as I read men, as I listen to men who I respect greatly. Okay, so those are the spirit menders. There are also mind menders out there, and this is this, and this is this is going to be online. This is really controversial. The mind benders? mind not benders, menders, M M M, mind menders. Who are the mind menders? Psychiatrists, psychologists, and counselors. Okay? Psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors. Okay. I am not lining them up and shooting them down. Okay? So, hear what I am saying within that context. There is no more uncertain scientific field than the study of the human mind. The immaterial man. Understanding... The immaterial man. What
2: do you mean by that? No more. There is, you, and you don't mean brain,
1: like because brain study is different, right? I'm just making.
0: Excellent. Okay, what is. The immaterial man is who you are. Right. Can I lose part of my brain and still be me? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Can I lose my right arm and still be me? Yeah. Absolutely. A child with Down syndrome. What is wrong with him? He has an extra chromosome. Okay, so there is—is is he still him? Yes. yes, absolutely. What if somebody has a is is has a brain injury? <laughs> are are they still them? Yep. Yes. Is. Is, are they impaired? Yes. But it's, it is known why they are impaired. There is a physical reason that they are impaired. There is a notable, measurable reason as to what has caused this. Okay? Alcoholism. Alcoholism.
2: I'm, still, I'm still not where you are. Hang on.
0: There is no more. Unscientific. Mm-hmm. Bio... Okay, let's, let's talk science, science here for a minute. What is science? Something that
1: can be proved over and over and over. Repeatable, observable study of something.
0: Yes, it is, it is a methodology for studying something Outside of ourselves, empirical. 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 You know, I, I, I'm able to measure something. I'm able to see something over and over again. Okay. The human mind. You can you can measure somebody's behavior. You can measure behavior over individuals. You know, massive individuals. But then there's him. You go. Well, I'm telling you, gravity. That ain't gonna change. You know, if I if I do this five hundred and fifty two times, it's gonna be it's gonna fall the exact same amount of time. It's not gonna be, well, seventy five percent of the time this is the case,
1: but the rest of the time I'm not so much. With five hundred pins, you'd get
0: the same pull, Yeah. As opposed to the human one. And I to, to look at the field of psychology on any aspect of human psychology and you are going to get huge amounts of diversity okay. until it becomes politically correct and then there's going to be consensus. Even though there wasn't consensus for the previous 2,562 years.
1: But they know that there's no scientific process that has gotten in there. It doesn't get consensus. Okay.
0: So... Within the fields of psychology and psychiatry, we see really a prescription drug epidemic where if somebody is really depressed, what are they going to do? They're going to give them medication. What if somebody's really, really hyper? Medicate them. Little boys are really, really... Hyper. And why? Why are little boys really, really hyper? Because they're boys. Because <laughs> they're little boys. Okay, and so we're going to drug them to bring them down. We're drugging kids because they're hyper, and we're drugging adults because they're not. Okay, and you go, well, that's your opinion. 2002 Psychology Today article says close to 700 adults who had received a prescription they're citing 700 adults who had received a prescription for an antidepressant of those who reported receiving the medication for depression, just 20% tested positive when screened for the disease. Okay. This is, this is a psychology today article. 700 adults had received a prescription for an antidepressant of those who reported getting the medication for depression, 20% tested positive when screened for the disease. disease. The disease. What's a disease? Biological process. It is something amiss in your body that is miserable. Your hormones are out of balance. Okay? Sometimes that happens just in life. Sometimes it can be debil- debilitating. Well, why is that? Because we're broken. We're broken. And praise God that we have medications that can bring these hormone levels back to a point where I go I feel like a normal human being again. Okay? Because my hormones were off the charts in the wrong direction. Is depression a disease? Well, that, that implies that you have something, well, if we just give you this, then you'll stop being depressed. If, if I have pneumonia, how do they know that? Yeah, you can look and x-ray goes, hey, this is happening. Can they treat this?
1: Yeah,
0: we can treat it. So that we can get better from that. So that is treatable. Are there things that will cause me to be depressed that are chemically caused in my body? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? And so it may require something to bring my normal levels back in balance. Okay, so that's why. Well, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chalk all of psychology psychiatry. Go ahead.
1: That's, I think you just clarified. I was ask, so you're not saying medication is always wrong. You're saying we're abusing it as a culture. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I haven't, I haven't finished the article uh, yet. But you were saying 20%, so there's 80% of people who are not clinically depressed that are getting medicated regardless, even though it might just be circumstantial.
0: Yes. Okay. So the Psychology Today article is using depression as a, as a disease. I would say depression is merely a response to...
1: I mean, there, there's the, people who are, are born with... The
0: events... In the world around us. Is depression normal? No, it's not normal. No, it's not normal. As as I I don't think Adam and Eve were created ever to be depressed. It is as a result of the things that are around us. Or maybe situations in my life. Eb, what were you saying? I
1: was just saying that there are people who have Like clinical hormonal measurable differences. Yeah, we said that. Yeah, so that, but that's, I'm assuming what they're talking about the 20% people, other than people like myself who get upset about circumstances in life.
0: Yes.
2: But even when it's like a hormonal thing, depression, I, I get what you're saying, depression is not the disease, the hormonal imbalance is what is causing. The depression. Right. So the depression is more a symptom of the hormonal imbalance. Right. So the hormonal imbalance In that situation. is situation, biological...
0: In that situation, case. okay. In that situation, how often is that out there?
1: I would, I would say it's, it's
2: fairly frequent, but what's causing the hormonal imbalance a lot of time is our reactions to what's going on around us that gets... I mean, you have too much of this hormone being produced by the body in response to the stress Stress. for too long a period of time.
0: The article went on, many psychiatrists seem relatively unconcerned about the potential overuse of antidepressants. Further, psychiatrists are quick to point out that the danger of allowing depression to go untreated is far more serious than the litany of side effects patients routinely suffer from the drugs. So, psychiatrists and psychologists, if somebody is depressed, they are, they are going to, and, and I say this generally, they are going to treat that. They are going to treat that depression chemically. But why?
2: Because they need it.
0: That 20% needs it. What has has caused the imbalance? What is imbalanced? A lot of times, they don't don't even check you out. They They don't know. Okay? Now, what Tracy's saying is, I could have been under stress for so long that I have whacked out my hormones. And that is why I am in this funk. And so if I am medicated, how long should I be there? Long enough to recover. Okay.
2: Doctors will tell you it takes a year for your body to reset.
0: Which means what to me? At At some point, I should come off of this. That should be my desire is to come off of this. But with the mind menders, okay, important for us to understand this. With the mind menders and the spirit menders, with the the issues immaterial or the solutions immaterial and the solutions material, what am I doing? I'm putting a patch on it. Am I solving the problem? No.
2: And the thing is, like, even in, in the kind of situation we've been talking about, is you're on that medication for a year, and you feel better, and you come off of it, but you haven't dealt with the root issue of what got you there in the first place, how you handle stress, or, you know, if these situations are still present in your life off that medication, it's only a matter of time before you're right you're back.
0: right back on it. and it maybe worse. Maybe you may be now to the point where well, here I am again. boom. These things are patches. If we are looking for solution, apart from the living God, we will find no solace. Counselors are needful, are helpful. Please, please, if you are in a dark place, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about this, part of the solution is being with people, talking to people. Talking to professionals in this area.
2: Carefully chosen professionals. Yes.
0: If I am looking for psychological counseling from somebody who does not appeal to the word of the living God, don't go there. And even, you know, even medical Science, man, science has become God in the Western world. And medicine has become God in the Western world. So when I am suffering, what is the first thing I will do? Ibuprofen, probably. (laughs) You know, ibuprofen or Benadryl or Sudafed or... Do we get on our knees when I'm suffering from a sinus cold? who's who's, Who's the one who brings healing to me? No, praise God for Sudafed. But that is God's working in my body in the Sudafed. And again, the Sudafed is merely masking my symptom. It's not bringing me healing. So these mask the symptom. These things all mask a symptom and don't expose the root. And in fact, they may be spiritually lethal to us if we are ultimately not careful with the things with which we are dabbling. So, where must I turn in my darkness? Corbin, John 8. Arnold, Psalm 119. John 8, verse 12.
1: Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness and will have the light of life.
0: He who follows me will not walk in darkness. The implication is... That he who does not follow after Christ. Walks in not only do they walk in darkness, they are in darkness. They are in darkness. If you are in darkness, what do you comprehend?
1: Nothing.
0: Very little. Okay, I can hear things in the dark. Yeah, I see shadows, but you see nothing clearly. You see nothing as it is. I can feel. I can grope. There are no colors to it. It feels soft. It feels like a cat. No, it's a skunk.
2: Comprehension is a level of understanding. So I can't agree with that. Um, you've got all these atheists who are brilliant minds. Really? They have a comprehension that overshadows
1: anybody in their lesser than their field. You're but, talking about uh, specific areas. That, that's why I would I would say the comprehension
0: in the spiritual world, they don't comprehend the, yes. the worldview of God. Yes. Yes. They do not they cannot they cannot comprehend the world rightly. Can they figure out astrophysics? Absolutely. Could they plumb the depths of the ocean? Indeed. And they will completely miss the one who created all of that and the darkness of their own heart. I cannot if I cannot if I am in darkness as Jesus declares that I am I can't get my way out of the darkness. I don't even understand the darkness within which I find myself, I can't. I have to see the light and go, there is the light. And I go, I can see beyond the light. I'm going to follow after the light none of these things is going to provide for us a true vector apart from Christ. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the word of God. Yes? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Psalm 119, 105. Okay, couple that with John 8. Is that beautiful? Your word, your word, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Proverbs 6.23 says something very similar. You can margin, put that in the margin there. Proverbs 6.23, you can look at it later. Um, says something very similar. Arnold, I'd like you to go over to Psalm 119, 130 like the only chapter you can say that about.
2: The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding of the simple.
0: Okay. Hugely important. The unfolding of your words gives light. What is, what is the implication there about the word of God? Yes. I can read along the surface of it and go, man, there's 20,000 leagues under that spot in the ocean. Now all I'm seeing is the, ah, oh, the ripples on the water. I go, well, let's sit and let's think about it. This is why we preach the word of God because the unfolding of God's word brings light. So in my reading of God's word, there should be some savoring of it as I read God's word on my own. I should really try and not just, okay, I have read my two chapters or whatever you're reading and go, boom, I'm off. But to chew on it Think on it, meditate on it, flip back to it on your phone later in the day and go, oh yeah, I remember. So to say, you know, you think about food. You know, you can put it in your mouth and go, oh, there's that flavor. Oh, let me chew on it. Oh, there's even more there. And then if you pair it with other foods, like studying God's word within the context of his word, you go, oh, there's even more there. And in so doing, it imparts understanding to the simple. You know, sometimes in the darkness, we're just confused. I've got, I don't know. And boop, the light goes on and you go, oh. I'm just off the road a little bit now. Now that I turn my headlights on. So God's word for us is a true compass. It is a point of orientation for us within the darkness. Only he can provide sense to our grief. Only he can provide a sure and unwavering hope. Only he can deal with the actuality of my guilt. Only he can promise a solution to my anger. Only he can provide something greater than what we covet. Now, as we, as we, as we kind of turn a corner here, let, let me be clear that there is no promise in God's word that you will come out of a dark season that you find yourself in. There isn't. So what then does God provide? I have a mess of verses here. Uh, Katie, would you turn to Ephesians chapter 3? Jeremy, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Stephanie, John 15, Tracy, Romans 5. What does God provide for us? God provides for us present grace. This is is important because, you know, and you you guys here, you've, you've all heard this. God doesn't give me the grace for tomorrow. God doesn't give me grace to get through this season all the way to the end. God gives me grace for my current breath right now. And then the next one. And then the next one. And then the next one. God God provides for us present grace. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 15 through 21.
2: and length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God.
0: Three, two, one. One more,
2: sorry. Go ahead. Uh, now, yeah, now to him who is able to do really wonderful things.
0: Far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. I mean that you, this, what present grace is he providing? He's providing us strength. God is giving us strength to do what? Take the next step. I can't even get my arms up, but he is going to give you strength, present grace for the moment power through his spirit he's going to give you ephesians ephesians 6 10 also speaks of this the strengthening of the lord but god also in his present grace gives us a comfort second corinthians 1 verses 3 through 11
1: blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and god of all comfort Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort.
0: Jeremy, I'll go ahead and stop you uh, on that one. Um, what, what word kind of kept ringing out? Comfort. Comfort. God knows we are going to be in darkness. And God is the God of all Comfort. And his intention is that in our affliction that we would be comforted. What is the method by which he will bring us comfort? Those who have previously been comforted. Those of you who are filled by the Holy Spirit who have been comforted. Who can come alongside and put your arm around me. In my darkness. He will bring us joy. 15, John 15, 10 and 11.
2: father's commands and remain in his love i have told you this so that you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete
0: That my joy may be i've told you this i have told you this i've told you these things that my joy might be in you grace god provides us a present grace strength comfort joy and hope romans 5 2 through 5 Hope does not put us to shame because God's love abides in us. So we've got, this is where we will pick up. We will pick up right here. What does God provide for us? He provides for us present grace. In two weeks, we'll talk about that. And then we'll look at the other three aspects of God's provision for us right now. The second is, is perhaps the, the climax. God provides us himself. In this time in the season. And then we'll talk about really. In, in finding. That to which I should turn. The word of God. And God himself. How then do I move forward. And we'll look at that in two weeks. Are there any uh, closing thoughts. Questions.